Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap foods and not cheap, and someone who uh, knows we need an independent food system. Uh, that's an anti-fragile food system. We need an independent food system. And I'm very pleased to have joining us uh, David Seltzer. Um, he's the founder of Azure Standard. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio, David. Hey, thank you. So, Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to have you. It was so fun to learn about you, but tell us your story. Um, or tell us the story of Azure Standard. Well, um, okay. So um, I'm a uh, farmer from the very beginning. Uh, my uh, father, grandfather, great-grandfather, as far back as I know, we were all farmers. And... Uh, Back in uh, uh, the, I guess it was the late 60s, um, there were some serious health issues in the family. And through natural um, diet change and stuff, they were completely cleared up. And um, so it really inspired actually my dad more than me. I was pretty young at the time to switch to an organic farming system because he realized how destructive the uh, the chemical cycle was not only to human health but also to the soil and and the farm ground no. so he switched and so he switched but he went back to what your grandfather was doing and his great grandfather was doing yeah but my grandfather had switched to conventional farming right he had started using all the chemicals of modern agriculture in the you know later in his farming career so uh, Dad switched back, and I wouldn't really say it's a switch back. You know, in the early days of America, you know, fresh, new, virgin ground that was being farmed, they didn't have to do a lot to it. It was really rich soil and produced kind of on its own. But as the soil begins to wear down, um, by monocropping primarily, you talk about permaculture. Monocropping is kind of the absolute opposite. That's when year after year after year, you're growing exactly the same thing. You're not rotating anything, and eventually, the um, and you're taking the same thing. Eventually, the soil begins to uh, not produce as much as it did before. So that's why I think most farmers were caught in the trap. In the early days with the virgin soil, nobody needed chemicals. There weren't any pests. There weren't any, you know, the fertilization. The soil was rich. Um, but over time, that changed. So when you switch back to organic, now you have dead, basically dead soil. You know, agriculture uh, is... Organic agriculture is differently based than conventional. Conventional, you're feeding the plant the actual nutrient and or a synthesized nutrient to make it think that it has the nutrient, particularly nitrogen is one of the big ones they do that with. Uh, in organic, you're, cr you're creating a happy and healthy environment for the microbiology that's in the soil to grow and thrive. And that microbiology that's in the soil, those you know, micro, uh, bacteria, protozoa, all the different things that go right down, they help to create the nutrients that a plant needs. And in a healthy ecosystem, the plant actually helps to feed the, feed the microbes. So that's kind of the difference. And before, you know, say what my granddad did at the beginning, 
he just planted and it grew because the you know the natural thing from the fairly virgin soil the bacteria were there in plenty once they started using chemicals it kills off a lot of those bacteria and it so it's not like going back you have to do a lot more well and i'm going to hop in because science cutting edge science is 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 unveiling how important the micro microbiology of the soil of soil of soil is uh, especially to our whole body so uh david montgomery and his wife Anne bouquet uh, wrote the book what are food aid and there are like fifty thousand known phytochemicals and it's so complex but we know that, um, and, 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 and so with a lot of the um, conventional agriculture using that chemical approach had a lot of consequences to human health and to the soil that people weren't really aware of. Do you agree with that assessment? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And it's still going on to this day. We're seeing, we're seeing degradation of human health in a completely different way. I mean, yes. The, you know, modern medicine has been able to help with, you know, bacterial infections and things like that. But now we have all this autoimmune stuff. That's 100% directly linked to the soil. And I've seen pe- people just show photos. Here's the way people look in 2000. Here's the way they look in the 1950s. We've had an incredible um, obesity epidemic. And I-, I learned of somebody who's 40 and she's 80, 800 pounds. I mean, there's there's so much going on with our food system. So so what is Azure standard and how did you start that? So, cause Okay. So start getting back to the story, I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, no, that's so good. So my, my, my dad switched to organic farming in 73, so way before it was cool. And um, so I kind of grew up with organic farming. At the time, he had a contract with uh, Bob's Red Mill, very common brand out there at the time. He was actually friends with Bob Moore, the founder of Bob's Red Mill. And so he was the grower, and Bob was going to be the processor, right? And so in the mid-'80s, so that went on fine for about 10 years. And then in the mid-'80s, um, Bob, uh, his primary customer was Fred Myers. Uh, old Fred had passed away. Um, and so the new ownership of Fred Myers, which eventually ended up Kroger's, decided they didn't want uh, organic anymore. And so they cut all of his organic uh, products. So he called Dad and said, hey, sorry, I can't take your grain this year because, and we'd already planted. Um, Sorry about that. (laughs) And uh, so uh, that was kind of when I came in. I was young and stupid at the time and didn't know that things were supposed to be complicated. So I started going out. Uh, I went and just drove around the whole Northwest here and talked to all the little stores and food buying clubs and anyone who would listen to me and asked them if they wanted to buy some grain. And then I got some grain ground into flour at a custom mill up in Yakima area. And uh, eventually, and you know, and I kind of got the answer, oh, yeah, I'll take four or five bags a week, a lot. And I'm like, you know, I got thousands of bushels, How, you know, four or five bags a week. This is interesting, but instead of saying no... I said yes, I'll, I'll I'll do that. And so, but can you take it like every other week? So, can you take ten every other week? So I talked most of them into that. And so then I started delivering, and just in the pickup, I just took the farm truck and 
delivered, you know, like up the I-5 corridor to Seattle, Yakima, Tri-Cities, and back one week, and the next week I'd went go to like Portland, Eugene, Bend, and back. And um, did that for, oh, I don't know, a year or so. And then kind of a phenomenal thing happened that I wasn't really expecting, but it started out kind of friends and family, but, you know, a little bit more distant friends and family. Out in some of the food deserts, especially in eastern Washington, they started asking me, hey, you know, can you stop in Portland and pick this and that and the other up for me and bring it to me? Um, because you're going through there every week, you know, with your deliveries. So I'd say, oh, yeah, I'll do that. So I did it as a favor for a while. for, And then I realized that there was a big demand because it kept going more and more. There was a big demand for that. So I put – so this would have been, I think uh, – December of 87, I put my very first uh, catalog together, uh, and it was just like four pages, um, front and back, uh, folded in half, <laughs> and, uh, and I put together some products. Of course, I put all my things in there, that the grains and flowers and things. I mean, we had wheat and rye and several different varieties, and uh, so I started... Uh, so I bought a few of those things that were very common that everybody kept asking for and stored them just in my garage, basically, at the house. And uh, so then I would have them. I didn't have to run to Portland and, you know, and I made a little, did a little markup on them. So it wasn't just a favor completely. So I started making it a little bit of a business. And, and as soon as I did that, it really started taking off. I didn't realize what a food desert it was out on the east, you know, eastern Washington, and you know, we even got some in the in the metro areas before too long, where we were starting to deliver with that. So that is kind of how. That's good. And you now know, you're a rather Azure was born. As, so Azure is a large independent food retailer right now. Well, I wouldn't call ourselves a retailer. We're still technically a wholesaler, but we sell to um, natural food stores. But we also do a lot of food buying club business, which basically is, you know, in just folks that want to buy food, they get together and they form what we call a buying club or a drop point. And the, whoever, um, you know, we get a volunteer. They're, they're not paid by Azure. They're not an Azure employee or contract or anything like that. They're just somebody who volunteers in the community to receive deliveries. And so then we send the, you know, we send the truck uh, on regular routes. We have routes all over the country. We deliver to 49 states now. Um, and then on a regular basis, I mean, east of the Rockies, pretty much it's every four weeks. Here on the west side, we do a lot more frequent delivery. So we're going to take a bit of a break. Um, we're talking about independent foods, and when we come back, we'll talk about what's going on in the Twin Cities with this. But, uh, you know, the food chain, supply chain, it's all of our responsibility. We could learn from the baby formula that ran out. Do we want to have a few large companies controlling the food, or do we want to have a lot of independent companies and independent people with food? So we'll be right back with Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund.
Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headline, and we're talking about an independent food system. And uh, um, earlier we were talking with uh, David, um, the, the founder of Azure Standards. And joining us right now is Crystal Vander, Vander Hayden, um, who's done a drop site um, for um, Azure. So welcome to Food Freedom Radio, Crystal. Thank you. Thanks. So tell me about um, how you started, how you got involved in this 15 years ago. Yeah, sure. Um, so... I had just found out that I needed to eat a gluten-free diet, and um, it was, I have uh, a large family, I have five children, and so we wanted to um, start eating healthier in general, but also specifically um, gluten-free products, which were hard to find at the time, and so um, I came across information on Azure Online, and I was like, oh, this this looks like this could help me find some hard-to-find items, you know, and um, also some better, like, more organic options as well besides just the gluten-free stuff. So anyway, I checked. I became a drop point um, manager the second that I started, the, the day I became a customer because I was like, oh, I have five kids at home. I need them to come to me. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I... I have been ordering since then, and it's just been a great way for us to provide um, healthy options for my family at uh, an affordable cost. And you still shop also at the co-op, but you do both. So, so um, how does yes. it how does it work? So, um, for my family, um, we get a lot of um, again we do uh, lots of fresh items and um, things at the local co-op. But we do a lot of bulk shopping um, through Azure because we buy a large amount of maybe um, flour or oats or, um, you know, other staples, items like that. And so um, you can also buy individual or smaller quantities from Azure, but um, that's just the way that it's benefited my family the most. It's things that we keep on hand all the time. Um, and then Azure also pr- um, provides produce, and so sometimes when we can get a really good deal on something seasonally, we will do that as well um, and, you know, maybe make or freeze things and, and that, that sort of thing. Cool. And I just like the idea of this community. So um, the truck comes to your house and then people come to your house to get um, the bulk food. That's correct. So you can choose um, to have a closed or a private drop site if you – no, you know, if you already have a group or you have friends and you just want to do it um, within that group. But my drop site has always been open um, because I was looking for people to help me meet. There's kind of there's a minimum um, drop site amount before they're going to stop at your house. So um, you can literally go onto their website and you can just see who, where are all the open drop sites near me or near my work or wherever. What is most convenient for you to get to um, during the drop time? And then, yeah, so um, if you become a member of that drop site, I would, you know, get your contact information. And then um, every month when the order comes around, um, Azure sends communication out saying, okay, this is when the truck is coming. It will be here at about this time. And then um, my responsibility is just, you know, I wait for the truck. I, I meet people out there, and we help unload the truck. So that's our responsibility. We unload it together. And um, we, you know, if people can make it, great. We take it right to their cars. And if not, um, I do have a way to store things in my on my front porch, um, you know, if, if somebody misses uh, for that week for any unexpected reasons. So. Wow, 15 years. So um, I appreciate your time. Is there anything else you'd like to add, uh, Crystal? 
no, it's been a great um, option, like I said, for me and my family. And um, I still have lots of new people coming to the drop site. So apparently it's still a great option for others, too. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, uh, Crystal Van Hayden. And uh, she's a mother of five, and she's one of the others' drop sites. So the truck comes to her house once once, uh, once a month. <laughs> so we're going yeah. to take a break. We'll be right back, and we'll get back to uh, the founder of Azure Standard, uh, David South. So. Hey, Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we know how hard it can be, but we um, we keep on fighting. So, um, 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 Azure Standard founder David Setzler is um, joining us by phone. And so, you started. We started the show sharing that uh, what happened with your dad is that he was growing organic grain and lost his contract, and then you started driving around and finding different ways of selling this, and that sort of built on itself. And now there's Azure Independent um, Food food site and we've just got off the phone with crystal so she's been doing this for 15 years so when you were driving around at those cars in the 1980s did you ever think that it would be what it is today you know i really wasn't thinking about that (laughs) i was busy trying to uh you know people ask me that a lot and you know if i'm asking honestly answering honestly no i really wasn't thinking about it one way or another I was more just trying to make sure that we got the orders out for the next day and that we found a better source, that we got closer to the farm. Those were my goals, not really – I really wasn't – didn't have a goal of trying to have a drop point in every state or anything like that. Well, and since um, – I mean, you've also been – you've also had a witness. Uh, you've been witnessing the food system. Have you seen a lot of consolidation in the in the larger food system since you guys started this in the 80s? Have the bigger players been getting bigger and bigger? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, when I started, as far as small natural food distributors, there were more than 80 nationwide. Um, and of that 80 – uh, I guess if I would include myself, ourselves, uh, today there are pretty much just two of us left in the smaller category, and there are two huge, enormous ones. And why why is it important to have an um, independent food system? Well, I think on a lot of levels. Number one is for an entrepreneurial system for, of folks that, uh, you know, have a better idea or a better product, to be able to get into national distribution in one of these big guys, um, there I just saw an estimate that it's close to a half a million dollars per SKU that you have to spend up front before you can even get your product in, um, just because of the, the way the system works. Not that you can't make it later on the back end, but no no person that has a better idea can actually start up and make it without some independent. So I feel like that's one of our callings and one of our core values is to support independent um, food companies, uh, you know, uh, independent and family-owned business. And there's an example and of that, like Celtic Sea Salt. There's, there's some fun examples that you've helped 
help because like I mean what was that figure you just said you needed to build but but talk about Celtic sea salt and these independent brands <laughs> yeah well uh Selena you know I've known her since shoot almost the very beginning back in the early 90s actually knew her dad um they were back they were in California at that time and uh then she ended up moving later out to the Carolinas but um and truthfully you know azure one of our hallmarks that we've done a lot is the uh food for life bread I actually learned that from Selena's dad that he was a he was a baker of renown and made bread without yeast and so we did we actually have you know in, I feel like improved on that a little bit, but he was great and uh, have gotten that out to, you know, thousands and thousands of people now make the Food for Life starter bread. Um, but in the meantime, we we went ahead and picked up this, the Celtic salt from, you know, and carried it in our, um, and we, you know, and we advertised it and talked about it. We used it in our starter bread recipes, all those things. And eventually, that began to grow. And so the the name, the, you know, Selena Naturally name of the Celtic salt got out, you know, all over nationally. And then people started asking for it in their local stores, right? Hey, do you have that? And so then she was able to get it into stores all around the country. So now, you know, when we started with her, it was just us pretty much. And I'm not saying that she hasn't done some sales and stuff as well, but that was her, the launching pad for now that is a national brand that you'd find in almost every store, you know, that has any kind of natural stuff in it in the country. So in 2022, how do you help independent um, people sell their independent food products? Well, we we work with a lot of the smaller startups. People are just getting started, in, and they have a better idea, a better product. There's something special about their, um, you know, at least in their minds. Uh, some will make it, some won't. I'm not saying that every small startup, not everybody, you know, can, can pull it off. You know, business, independent business is not for everybody. But we at least give them a platform to try. So we... They have a, a platform. They can get the product into the marketplace and see what the demand is and if people like it or not without, you know, going bankrupt trying to get started. So if you, you know, and we've got, you know, we've got hundreds of small brands within our, um, you know, uh, in our on our website that are just, you know, they're getting started. They're um, independent they're small i mean most not a hundred percent but most of the brands we carry are independent but a lot of them are just mom and pops literally or they haven't even quit their day job yet they're doing this you know yeah. in the community kitchen or whatever right and, and we've had you know? something on from cornucopia and they've got a great thing on who owns organic and so these supporting these small independents i mean it's to me it's like the way nature works right i mean uh, having um Having um, variety and diversity is good for life. I mean, that's that's been the message for the last couple billion years. <laughs> it, it is. And the <laughs> other thing is, 
the there is little innovation in a behemoth corporation because nobody has real passion. You know, yes, there's some passion for the bottom line. There's some passion to do a good job and get promoted and things like that, but there's no real passion for the product. The real passion comes in when that guy is, you know, uh, you know, this this housewife just figured out a better recipe for gluten-free mix or whatever, you know, fill in the blank. It can be anything. They just found a better recipe, and they have all kinds of passion for that because not only does it matter to them because they're gluten-free or, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is, but they they really care about that product, and they're making something that's really better. That'll never happen in a corporate lab because nobody really has the passion for it. So I feel like if we're going to make progress and have better products, and I think this is innovation on many levels, not just necessarily food, but obviously food is what we're working with. But if we really want amazing products that are better and better and improvement, we have to have people that have real passion about that. And this is, you know, I think this is one of the things that creates, you know, a better, a healthier, um, tastier, all of, you know, everything better about the product because these folks, they, they're doing, they're eating it themselves. They have passion about it. This is not a corporate decision for the bottom line. They care. They care. And that's what, and that's, that's what, and that's what life's about. Life's about caring. It's our, it's our little dog selves living on ourselves and not caring about each other and caring about the soil and water is life. I want to make sure I mention that you've also been a leader in the non-GMO movement. So you're passionate on not selling anything with genetic modifications. Why is that? Well, for, for multiple reasons. Number one is the primary purpose of genetically modified product in the United States is so that they can, so that the farmer can spray glyphosate directly on the plant without killing it, and it'll still kill the weeds and other things that are growing in the crop. This, um, and so truthfully, I am even more passionate about the dangers of glyphosate really than I am about genetic modification. So that's number one. Number two is we just flat don't have enough information about genetically modified stuff. I believe that, you know, obviously we've dealt with the monarch butterfly issues with genetically modified. And I think that there's a lot of other environmental impacts that we don't even know about yet uh, with genetically modified. But number one is the glyphosate. Glyphosate is just disaster in the human um, microbiome. It just messes us up. And I believe that a, a lot of these uh, diseases that we're seeing now are tied directly to glyphosate um, poisoning. And it's, it built, you know, it builds up in the system. We're seeing all kinds of autoimmune issues that are directly linked to that. Um, well, and this goes back to the things that sort of the. Uh, I think it's. Uh, um, I think it's fair to say that this is an emerging scientific consensus around micro microbiology of the soil of the soil, a healthy soil. We need to be eating from healthy soil, 
get healthy food. It's what your food ate. It's so much more complicated than you just throw a little nitrogen on the planet and voila, we've got food. It's much more complicated than that. And um, the human animal is not always the best at um, understanding and responding to complex systems. You know, one of the, um, and and I I do want to just, just because this history of the GMO labeling, I mean, we, because we were active in it too a long time ago, but you know, Vermont passed the first in the nation GMO labeling law, which went into effect in 2016. So we were on the edge of having um, the right to know if genetically modified food was in ours. And a lot of the large corporations started labeling it. Then the U.S. Congress under Obama, and even though I support Senator Amy Klobuchar, but they passed what's now called the Dark Act. So this right to know labeling has been. Um, um, obstacle. I mean, so what they did is they changed it from gen- genetically modified organisms to biotech, bioengineered products. And right now, the courts are looking at: can they just put a digital label, a QR code, or can you have it on the label? Anyhow, it's just um, it's and kind of. And this is six you know. years later. <laughs> That's the sad thing. It it's is the sad thing. Six years where people did not have the right to know. And there was, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, it is sad because our democratic, I mean, the democracy was at work. Um, people voted for GMO labeling and then somehow the larger democracy kind of shifted the dialogue and it's all complex. But to get to this core, and, and so, I mean, it's, it's kind of sad that the people who sell non-GMO stuff have to pay extra. <laughs> <laughs> to let the world know that their stuff doesn't have GMOs, and uh, uh, right now, if you you if it right now, um, the word organic also means non-GMO. So, correct. So, I want to switch and spend the rest of the time talking about um, core values because I think um, I like on your website that when I read about the core values, it doesn't feel like a PR statement to, when I'm reading it. It actually feels like genuine principles. And the first principle is inspire healthy and abundant living. And you want to just talk on that? Love to. Yeah. My uh, my favorite. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, so so many times in this in this world um, we we come into this world with or I don't know, maybe it's the media, maybe it's just, we come into it with a mindset of scarcity. A mindset, oh, if somebody else has the cake, I don't have it. That's not the way nature works. In my experience, when when we are living in balance with nature and with each other, and we can work together in a positive way, not only does that create a healthy ecosystem within, I'm talking about in the community, in the soil, in, you know, all the different things that we touch, but when that becomes healthy, it becomes abundant. I was talking a minute ago about plants, how that the there's a symbiotic relationship between plants and the microbes in the soil. The microbes break down the food for the plant. The plant makes sugar out of sunlight and water. And it feeds it back through the roots, and it feeds the microbes to give them more energy. And then that is in a cycle of abundance. So the more that happens, the more healthy the plant is, the more it becomes abundant. I feel it's that way with plants. It's that way with 
people within our own communities, if we're working together, if we're not at each other's throats, and can be, uh, you know, all working for the same goal, uh, that the earth produces abundance. We have more than we can possibly even use because that is just what nature wants to do. It's a, it's a, it's abundant life on here. You, you know, uh, one thing helps another. Um, and that, that is, so to inspire that, let's get rid of, you know, so here at Azure, that's part of what, you know, I want to inspire is we don't have to live in a state of impoverishment. And I'm not talking necessarily about, you know, about finances, although I believe it works there as well. <clears throat> but we we need to live in such a way that we realize that there is an abundance for all. And we do not have to take something away from somebody else to be able to have an abundance for ourselves or to have plenty. It's there the the earth produces enough and more than enough for everybody if we use our resources wisely, if we take care of our soil, if we take care of our resources and we're not wasting them and just being foolish, um, there, there's, and, you know, and that also creates additional technology and I think the technology follows us. So I'm, I'm really excited about that whole concept and it's been a part of what we really you know, what we really want to do. Well, in um, Paul Wellstone, Senator, um, this is the 20th anniversary of his death um, right now, but his favorite quote is, I'll do better when we all do better. You know, it is an abundant right. world. It is an abundant world. And in these dark times is probably the time we need to remember most how deeply abundant and be grateful for the incredible abundance and learn how to create it for our children and for ourselves and for each other. So we're talking with um, Azura Standard. Um, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund. And we'll be right back. Hey, Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund. Um, and joining us now is the founder of Azure Standard, David Seltzer. And um, again, I want to re- briefly repeat uh, how, how your company got started because it's so sweet. And and I also want to ask, how did you come up with the name Azure? Um, what, what does your name mean? Okay. Well, the uh, Azure, uh, it's a color. It's a color of blue. Um, and, you know, especially in the early days when we first started, there was really not a good standard for organic food production. And there's still issues with it, but I would say it has improved in the last 30 years. But we didn't really, there isn't a real standard on, on what it meant. And, you know, even today there's a USDA standard, but there's also the, the underlying standard. Do we really care about it? When I was talking about independent businesses, these are people that really care. They're organic farmers that really care, and it's their passion. It's ours. But there are also organic farmers that just do it for the money. 
and do not necessarily have the passion for it. So I think there's a there's a big difference there. So when we when we first started, you know, at first I called it Stelzer and Sons Industries, or uh, husbandry rather, Stelzer and Sons Husbandry. And I said, well, that's just I need to come up with a real name now that we have this little catalog and all that stuff. So I was thinking, you know, what I really want to do is have my name portray that we're here to set a standard that's better than what you would get just out in the open marketplace. I'm going to get, we're going to do something better. So, you know, the color of blue has always been, you know, uh, associated with, you know, law and justice and right. And then a standard is, you know, we're just setting a standard. So basically the name, instead of saying, you know, blue standard or blue shield or something, um, we just said, okay, we'll call it the Azure standard. Azure standard the color, the color blue that represents doing it right, just weights and measures, so to speak, but just uh, quality here. Yeah. And this is the Azure standard. So that's what we put into our name. I don't, I don't know if. Uh, no, that's great. And you're you're one of the uh, few, or one of only two independent food um, distributors now in the nation. Well, not. I mean, uh, that do natural in the natural food market. There are other small independent food companies that are very regional. Okay. So I, uh, I don't get me wrong. There, there are some regionals. There's a couple in LA. There's a couple up in you know that serve the New York City area. There's one in Michigan. You know, there's a handful of of small regional ones. Would you prefer that there would be more competition for you? The more independent well, food food distributors, if they were independent, absolutely. I I think there should be. In fact, you know when I when I first realized what was happening, this is probably fifteen years ago now. Well, maybe not that long. Maybe more like eight or ten years ago. There was like maybe uh, eight or ten small natural food distributors left. And so I actually set up a conference call with uh, the heads of all these, all of those distributors. And uh, because I felt like that if we banded together and created like a little association and we could put together like a, uh, a, a combined website so people from all over the nation could, um, you know, log in and, you know, depending on where they were, we would split up the territory between us and make sure we covered it so that we weren't completely drowned out by, you know, the two big boys. Uh, and, you know, I got to know the guys, but, you know, they, everyone was, I think most of them were too far gone at that point. Um, so of the, all the, like I think six of them that we set up that, I set up that call with, there's only two of us left. So what I ended up doing is basically doing what I wanted to do with these other people is I covered the whole country, and I did it with a completely different concept. But, um, yeah, I felt like the right way to do it is to have a, you know, different regional, but large regional, you know, so we had the buying power to do that, and then we would do our own private label for the, and or do our own manufacturing, and we'd all carry that, you know, that one brand. 
because that's what we were getting slaughtered on was trying to sell apples to apples with these large major corporate brands and they gave the two big boys a way better price than they gave to us smaller companies. Yeah, so we're down to our and, last three minutes. I know there's so much more I want to get into, but the one thing that I've heard people describe the last few decades as, it's almost like a, 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 it's been a race to the bottom. So you've got these large institutes, and they're all trying to sell the food the cheapest they can, and then a lot of people find food, especially these days, too expensive. And I just feel like there's there's got to be an off-ramp to that race to the bottom scarcity type of food system. And it seems like that's what you've been working on for the last couple decades. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly where it is. And we want not to be the cheapest, but we want to give people the best value. So I don't want to sell anything that's of any kind of sub-quality. Now, if you go into the major companies that do this race to the bottom, it's all about giving poorer quality. They can, If they can get a little bit cheaper import from India or China or someplace else, they're the first in line to do it. They're, everything is just make it just a little bit cheaper. That is not what we do here. We try to give the family savings in doing bulk offerings. So first of all, we're trying to cut out as many... Um, so we say commissions as we possibly can. We go farm direct or manufacture plant direct almost exclusively. So we're cutting out all the broker commissions and stuff. I shouldn't say all. There are still a few that we have to do. But for the most part, we're getting that cut out. So we're able to decrease the cost a little bit to the customer with that. Then the brand cost. The more things that we can put in our own brand, we're able to cut that out. You realize most brands, they don't make their own product. There's a handful that do, but most don't. They're just branding companies. So if you were to buy you know, a particular brand of product, they don't make it. They, they have it white-labeled, and they just are the marketing company. So, so I know I'm, I'm, I'm you and I can talk for a long time. Down to the last minute, I want to sure, make sure you get a time to say your website. And I also want to make sure that I include this one principle, that you guys seek to emulate the principle of how nature is created, operating under the, the, the principles of nature. So the website and one final word on that. Absolutely, yeah. We set up we set up the website so anyone who would like to be interested in uh, Azure, it's azurestandard.com. That's a z u r e s t a n d a r d dot com. Um, you can get on there if you want to look for a drop uh, close to you. Down in the bottom of the first page, there's a little brown bar, and in kind of in the middle, under join is find a drop. Click on that. It'll pop up a map. Yeah. It shows you all the different drop points. And, well, you know, I if you thank look you at Twin City. so much. I thank you so much, David Seltzer, a founder of Azure Standard. And thank you for listening to Food Freedom Radio.